What is up, designers? Welcome back to the Grand Design Podcast. Today is day eight. Um, and as I promised, man, I'm going to tell a story today uh, that really has, you know, very little relevance to the challenge that I'm partaking in right now. But it's something that was close to my heart. And so I thought to share it because it probably would uh, be something that's close to your heart as well if you're somebody that's, you know, in your 20s and, and battling for something that's, you know, worth the world to you. You know, um, I was exercising yesterday for the first time in like a few months, but before that, a first time in like five, four or five years or something like that. And when I was running up and down a staircase, um, not as motivation, but out of curiosity, really, I was listening to an interview by one of the people that essentially raised me, you know, uh, maybe not in terms of technique. You know, I was a wrestler, and this is a wrestler that I'm talking about. But in terms of, I don't know, just somebody that I could always look up to and, and, and root for. And, and, you know, this person really expressed to me what was possible just from watching him competing every day since I was like a freshman in high school. You know, watching this person battle and fight and win over and over and over again for what, you know, for what meant the world to him. You know, uh, this was somebody I look up to and, 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 you know, just was the embodiment of persistence, determination, unstoppable, you know, invincible, you know, and just 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 somebody that couldn't be shattered, you know, and it was somebody I wanted to emulate. And so that person was Jordan Barrows. And I was watching Jordan Barrows, his his interview the other day, and he was talking about the long path that he had gone on from early in his career when he was my age, uh, about in 2012 he was winning an olympic gold medal you know and for a wrestler that's like the pinnacle of your career you know he was at the top at the top of the world um but you fast forward a few years later he wins he's one of the i think the greatest american wrestler of all time just in, in you know based off stats um he's won more you know olympic in world championships than about he, he he has the second you know second most gold medals of any other American of all time other than John Smith but John Smith as a wrestler faced the USSR instead of all the different Russian countries so he I would say Jordan Burroughs is probably the number one American wrestler in history um and if you said John Smith that would be okay too um, cause, cause John Smith did the thing, you know, and he, he was, he was innovative in making a low single, but anyhow, this is not about that. Um, but for a large majority of Jordan Burroughs career, I looked up to him and he was somebody that was invincible. And so, you know, he didn't start my wrestling journey, but he was one of the reasons why I persisted with it. You know, I seen, you know, I don't know. I just, just started to develop idols and heroes within the sport and, it just made me feel such wonder for it. You know, the things they were able to accomplish, the way these people were able to move their body and the way they trained and what it meant to them and the way they fight. You know, it was just everything about it was just magic. And so I started in 2011, I believe the year was, when I was a freshman in high school, which that sounds like a long time ago now, man. But I started as a freshman in high school. And I'm going to be brief with this story because I've told it a lot in season one. But as a freshman in high school, I didn't really care too much about being a wrestler. I, you know, I got into it and I was like, okay, if I'm doing something, I might as well go hard at it. And that season kind of for me was a bust. I went 9-11. and 11. Uh, But the year after that, you know, uh, grade 10, 
I was able to just like over the summertime, for some reason, I started learning about Jordan Burroughs and, and all these American wrestlers. You know, for, for, for me back then, it was people like Aaron Pico, Chance Marsteller, uh, uh, you know, yeah, I would even watch Mike Rashado videos. Rest in peace to him. I think he passed away this year. Um, Spencer Lee. Uh, like I would watch all these these high school guys, you know, even the Valencia's. Um, who else was in high school? It was just crazy at the time. But you know, even 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 foreign wrestlers, Yazdani, you know, Hassan Yazdani. I would I would I would watch all these people. I'd watch these wrestlers in the in the ways they perform. I started obsessing and learning moves and and really just diving deep into what what wrestling was. And so I came back in year ten, and uh, you know, prior to that. I was at a point in my life where, you know, I felt like socially, um, I wasn't really anybody. Like, you know, and I mean socially as in home, you know, at school and life, in my own personal opinion, I would, you know, I, don't, I didn't feel recognized for anything. I didn't feel like I could, you know, I felt like I could accomplish great things, but it wasn't something that, I, that was at the forefront of my mind. I didn't seem, I didn't feel like a, a high achiever or anything like that. I felt like just a normal everyday person, you know what I mean? And so, uh, you know, I didn't get a lot of love in my life, a lot of attention in my life. I didn't have a lot of friends or people who admired me or wanted to be around me or anything like that. Even in my friend groups, I was just like, you know, okay, it's you. Um, but that year, coming to the end of my uh, 10th grade year, just watching wrestling videos over summertime, for some reason, I was able to embody the moves and the techniques. And uh, in a real underdog match that came to the last score, you know, is this gym in the, at this school called Hereford around the way and uh, back home in Maryland. And, you know, they got the lights lowered, you know, so the rest of the gym is black and it's just a spotlight on the middle mat. And I was wrestling out with this guy, wrestling out with this guy named Jabari. And uh, I won that match. You know, I wasn't supposed to win that match. It was a pretty much insurmountable challenge. But for some reason, I was able to pull it out and win that match. And I remember standing in the middle of the match, just completely dazed and like in shock, like God, like I, I just won that. I just pulled through. Like that, that's that's the most insane thing. Like I, I like like it was just mind blowing. Like I was the best in the county at that weight class. You know, I was the number one. I was a high achiever. I was a high flyer. And I remember seeing like my coach and my team and everybody just running around, just going crazy. Like oh oh. Like I still have the video today. Uh, I always say this, but you can look up two gamers view on YouTube. In the videos on there uh, of that match, you know, I wasn't a good wrestler back then, but it was it was it was such a legendary moment, and everybody just going crazy. And I remember, you know, just dazed on the bus ride back to home and showing my parents like this bracket I got and how I won it and this gold medal I had, and they're just like, wow, like, you know, because you know, I you know, I never got like, I, I feel like I never got a lot of praise from my parents, you know what I'm saying? A lot of oh, I'm pr- a lot of pride from them, like they proud of me for something that I did. You know, more often than not, you know, I was just average at school. And, you know, a lot of the times they'd be disappointed at me, you know, and I felt like they didn't want to even, you know, see me, you know, because I was just a regular kid. Like I didn't I didn't I didn't live up to expectations or something like that. Now, a lot of this is probably just my mind playing tricks on me, but I felt like nobody, you know, really cared for me, wanted to be around me or saw me as anything. But when I got that gold medal for the first time, the love and the pride you know, that I even felt for myself was different. I never felt like anything, anything like that in, in my life, you know. And so year 11, well, that summertime, I started training outside of school. In year 11, I came back and I was pretty much untouchable. You know, uh, I went like 21 and one 
and then I failed off that year because of grades. It was a very bad situation at home and just a crazy flurry of things, which, I, like I said, I covered in season one. But uh, then going into senior year, uh, I came back and, you know, I was back and in, in, after training an entire summer and better than than ever. Like I was I was ready to go like it, it was it was on, you know. And at that point in time, I was a senior on the team. Uh, I, I went on to become the MVP of the team. So I was safe to say I was the best wrestler on the team. And I had all these young guys in the room that, that you know, they kind of looked up to me. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they looked up to me. They, they admired my ability to wrestle. You know, they admired some of the things that I was able to do, the streaks I was able to go on, you know, the, you know, the battles that I was able to win. And I had these people around me, this family around me that loved me and cared about me and was proud of me. It's proud of my output, you know, and I felt like somebody, you know, know, I'm a a guy that, you know, a lot of, you know, sometimes in my life I have a big ego. I felt like an American sports hero, you know, like an American sports legend or something like that. You know, anybody that's been on a team, and they've been good at what they do. Now, I wasn't tremendously good, but I was pretty all right. You know, you, you, it's a lot of pride associated with it. It's like, oh, like, you know, you get in that room. It's like, oh, you know, it's, it's him. Like, you know, um, and I felt like that. I felt strong. You know, I, you know, every day we would practice and I would just I would just go as hard as possible, just dedicate as possible, just complete tunnel vision. And then coming up on the end of that year, um, you know, I remember just like in my sophomore year when I won that title it's like wow I'm a champion and there's nothing anybody could do to undo this this moment happened like it's like you think about these moments over and over and over and over again and then it happens and it's real and it's right here in front of you it's like what what just happened what just happened you know and all the while I'm using Jordan Burroughs as fuel because he's just winning back to back to back to back to back and I want to be like him and coming up with my senior year at the States, I lost the match. I got in the constellation bracket. I won a match. And then I lost again and I was out of the tournament. I had this dream of being a state champion. It was the most important thing to me in the world back then. And I lost in the, in, in, in the first round of states. And I remember the guy, other guy across from me getting his hand raised. And I'm just looking at him like, that's it. Four years down the drain, the dream is over. And there's nothing that you can do to reverse this. This is reality now. And there's nothing you can do to change it. What is happening? Just like that feeling of watching my hand get raised. Just days. It's like, like you living in a dream. You know, like you living in a real life dream. Like just completely surreal. Like what the fuck is this? That's how I felt. You know? And I remember a lot of the time after that. I felt lost. Like, like right after that happened, everything just, just dissipated in the thin air. I felt like everything was just gone. You know, right after that, boom, you lose states. Boom, you graduate. Off to the summer. And right immediately after that, like, everything like everything that had built up and accumulated to that point, you know, the team, the family, the people that was around me that I loved, that I cared for, that loved and cared for me, that I was proud of for what they were able to do, that were proud of me. This companionship, everybody just got scattered like the Dragon Balls. Everybody went to their own college. Everything just disappeared. My entire platform, everything that I built up, just gone in the blink of an eye. And I was alone. I was alone again. I had to start over from nothing. I was nobody. You know? 
Oh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do now? Go be a wrestler? Wrestling is over with. It's time to face life. Wrestling doesn't have any value here in life. It was just a stark contrast. I remember just after stage, just walking down the streets one day. And it was like, this was like the weekend, right, right after States, I think. And it was snowing. It was like a foot of snow. And I just remember walking. And it was a foot, a foot of snow. It was a little bit of sun out. But it was mostly white. And I felt like that landscape. You know? Uh, now, don't get me wrong. It was after the snow. So, it was, snow was sort of like semi-melted. It was water pouring down in pools down the street. And, you know, it was just cold and brisk. And everything around me was dead and dying. And, and barren and I just felt numb I just felt like that feeling and I, I remember just walking down the street just completely dazed even a week after and I was just lost and I didn't know what to do you know what I'm saying I didn't know what to do I didn't know who I was I had my wrestling I, I embedded my identity so much in this thing that happened here when it was gone I didn't have anything left graduation's coming up prom's coming up and then you out the door you know what I'm saying? Who are you? What do you what do you do at this point in time? You know, I remember just feeling like I didn't know what to do. You know? Like I remember just like, what next? You know, what next? What next? It was such a a hard thing to face. It would it, it was over. It was literally over four years. This whole entire ride was over in a blink of an eye. And it was never returning. And all the moments and everything and all the people that you enjoy was behind me forever, for the rest of my life. And even for the next couple of years, I was lost and, and I would show up, just, you know, show up and hang around wrestling tournaments and practice rooms with people who were still in that journey, were still in that career, you know, just trying to find that love, just trying to find that admiration, just trying to find that family and that team that I just trying to cling on to that thing that was that that train had left the station and it was never coming back and it just hurt and people would say things to me like man well you need to grow up you know it's over with you know you need to go and do something with your life and I just felt like you know it, it just hurt so much um that was one of the things that like that mo- that time in my life hurt so much you know I was sitting there in bed at night you know just reflect on the way things that went reflect on all the losses and the moments that I could never get back. You know, all the fights and the battles that, you know, that, that I can't even see because I don't have any footage because no one in my family ever showed it to my matches. You know? It, 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 was, it, was, it was a surreal summer and I didn't know where to go. You know? Man. And like I said, I would show up to my brother's tournaments and you know, watch his matches and show up to tournaments that had nothing to do with me to see my team and my coaches, but it was different. It was going to be this way for the, you know, as long as I could live. And even now, I'm like, I wish I could go back to those moments sometimes, but it's gone. The year after I graduated, to advance the story on with y'all, the year after I graduated, you know, Jordan Burroughs was up in 2016 for the Rio Olympics. And you know, he had spent, he, you know, he won the 2012 Olympics. Uh, he got injured in 2013, but took the bronze. Uh, no, no, no. He won the gold in 2013. No, he got injured in 2013. He took the bronze. But he broke his ankle in 2014, bounced back and got the gold medal. He won again in 2015 after a battle with Godoyev in the quarterfinals. 
and he, he blew that tournament off the door that was in Vegas. Uh, I mean, you know, he actually won in 2013. I'm, I'm, I'm wrong. He won in 2013, and he took the bronze in 2014. But he won again in 2015. And he was the heavy favorite, only having lost like twice. And the reason was for injury. You know, the years prior, he was undefeatable. And he came to this 2016 Olympics and he lost in the quarterfinals to the same guy he beat the year prior, Anwar Godoyev. And I remember watching that. I remember to this very day, it was a sunny day, and I was sitting in my room. It was bright and early in the morning because they were overseas and, uh, well, they were in Rio. Um, but it was early morning. It was probably like 9, 10 a.m. And I remember seeing him wrestle on a live stream. The live stream was skipping. But I remember seeing, you know, coming to the close of the match, and he couldn't score on him. And you know, he couldn't push him out, and he lost that match. I remember just seeing the look on his face, you know. And that man, seeing that man hurt so bad. It hurt me so bad. It was something that I resonated with, not to that degree, because I never, his, this is his life and his career. This is everything for him. I never had that, you know. But this thing that he had practiced for for four years, you know, had just gone out the window in front of him in the blink of an eye. And he was telling a story on this interview that I was listening to of him just jumping up in the stands and hugging his wife and just crying so hard, you know, because it was over with. Everything that he had worked for, you know, he would wake up. He, he told in the interview, like, you know, years prior to this event happening, he would wake up like, oh, my God, like, you know, he would have dreams about wrestling. And then he'd wake up and be like, okay, I got six months left to the Olympics, okay, I'm, I'm all good. You know, he would tell the story about this happening, you know, the process of getting getting to this and, and, and believing in this so much and, and having so much fear and, and desire for it. I remember seeing an interview after he lost to the Olympics. He was crying in the interview. He said, this is the hardest day of my life. And he said, even in that interview, the one that I just watched, that it was the hardest, deepest day of his life. And I remember the hardest day of my life. And I remember the best days of my life. It was all revolving around this sport. You know? And, you know, he told a lot of stories around these events, like, you know, about how the difference between Olympic gold, you know, Olympic... Olympians, you know, like he, you know, he, he told, he told the story of going, going back home after the Olympics and how it was this time versus when he won in 2012. And I'm like, mind you, I'm jogging the stairs and I'm listening to this interview. He's telling, he's talking about his Olympic, you know, his letdown in 2016. I don't know if he called it letdown, but you know, I'm just talking here and, um, I don't know. He wrote an article about it. Okay. This is the point I'm making. He wrote an article about this. And I can literally, like, I remember seeing the article come out after the 2016 Olympics and thinking he was going to ret- retire. But I was listening to the interview, running up the stairs, and, and, and reading this article that he had written. He was, he, was t- he was reading the article on the interview, okay? And, like, it, it really almost brought me to tears because it's such a powerful article that I can relate to. And I think everybody can feel this in their heart. And so the article was called Dear Wrestling, okay? He said, my letter to this sport. Dear Wrestling, let me start by saying that I love you still. Although our most recent encounter could be described as anything but pleasant, I couldn't imagine my life without you. As you probably already know, these last few weeks have been difficult for me. You have a way of humbling even the most confident men. I thought I had come close to perfecting you, but here I stand corrected. 
until August of two, uh, until August 19, my best had always been enough, and then all of a sudden it wasn't. That's the nature of sports. Someone once told me that the reaction associated with a loss is tangible to how much you've invested into attaining whatever you failed to gain. Well, wrestling my commitment to you and your greatest prize caused me to spill emotions I didn't think I was capable of unleashing. And then there were actually two of these emotions erupting events in the same day. There I was in tears, a champion collapsed in a pile of his unrealized dreams. I feared it. It happened. And now I face it. But wrestling, please don't let my pain stay too long. I've got a family, friends, and fans that need me back. I'm sitting down at my computer to write to you. I'm spilling everything that I need to say to you into this keyboard in hopes of capturing these feelings, bottling them up, and leaving them within the contents of this letter. Rio to Houston to Denver to Lincoln. I finally made it home. The stewardess cheerfully addresses all of the plane's passengers as we were escorted to our gate. Thank you for flying with us on United Airlines and welcome to Lincoln, Nebraska. After almost 20 hours of traveling, I had finally touched down in my city. I unbuckled my seatbelt, stood and grabbed my USA backpack from the stowage bin right above my seat in 4A. As I walked off the plane and emerged from the walkway into the terminal of the Lincoln Municipal, Municipal Airport, I quickly realized things were normal again. The silence was deafening. I was an Olympian returning home from, this, from his second Olympic Games the most recent in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. But unlike arriving home from London, this arrival was distinctly different. In 2012, I was flown directly from the UK to Los Angeles to make an appearance on the Jay Leno show. There were first pitches and parades and a gold medal that the entire world wanted to get their hands on. Not this time. On this day, in this airport, there were no balloons, no reporters, no eager fans awaiting me. Only medalists get receptions. So I walked through the airport inconspicuously, head down the escalator to baggage claim, grab grabbed my, my luggage off the carousel, and hailed a cab home. 23 years ago, I was this shrimp who'd hide under the bleachers and cry when you let me down, wrestling. On August 19th, I was a man who'd face the world crying in front of millions. But I love you still. Not because of what you've done for me, but because of who you've made of, who you've made of me. I've dedicated my life to getting to know you. When we first met, I was a five-year-old runt. Growing up, the youngest of four, I needed something to mold me. To make me tough. You taught me to fight. I was shy and I didn't have a lot of friends. You gave me teammates. I had, I had yet to find my faith and I needed an idol to pursue. You offered me trophies. You offered me gold. Instantly, you hooked me. Over the years, our two names have become synonymous. You weren't just a fling. I was committed for life, for life to representing you with honor. I always spoke highly of you. When the IOC wanted you gone, I defended you. When you needed someone to help you appeal to the masses, I was Mr. Right. This was always a, a mutually beneficial relationship until now. Carrying us this far has worn me down. Heavy is the head that wears the crown, they say, and you snatched my crown without my permission. You took years to turn me into a superhero, and then just at the peak of my powers, you took six minutes to make me human again. But God honors the humble. Being human ain't so bad. So as I consider our relationship wrestling, I'm finding solace in being who I am without my singlet. I'm waking up early not to rush to practice, but to make breakfast for my family. I'm driving my car past the wrestling room to take my son to gymnastic class. I just need some time to heal. I hope you understand. It's not you. It's me. I need a fresh perspective, and if I hurry back to you, I'll be sacrificing this opportunity to grow. When you stop seeing gold, you gain the clarity to see life's true treasures. Maybe I'll see you around. Maybe. JB. 
And I remember, you know, feeling how I felt in reading this article. And just 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 that line. You took years to turn me into a superhero and then at just at you took years to turn me into a superhero and then just at the peak of my powers you took six minutes to make me human again. You know? In 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 you know no matter what it what it would you know that that does obviously doesn't mean to me the same thing it meant for him but you know it it means so much to me that was literally exactly what happened exactly how i felt you know walking into these tournaments and not being a contender and not having friends there that know what you can that you can perform and not having coaches looking out for you and giving reports and you know it was just a, such a core part of my identity that just collapsed you know he, he he says a lot that you know he went from everybody revering him and fearing him like oh it's Jordan Barrows to the years after you know the year after being a charity case you know like oh well he's you know oh you know you know just just everybody giving sympathy like he's not the guy anymore you know, we, you know, I can imagine what type of dagger that was to him, what type of soul-sucking experience that must have been just waking up to the next day. You know, he talked about it in the interview. You should watch the interview. I'll, I'll link it below for sure. And he, he, was, he was saying that about, you know, having his dream of wrestling and just having that happen. Then he's just, he's just looking at this guy across from him, getting his hand raised. And there's nothing that can change that. There's nothing that can reverse the results. You have to face this. It's something you have to live with. The, your worst fear unfolding in reality in front of you can't can, can nothing can be as insane as that so after graduation you know I didn't know where to turn and I was lost for a little bit but uh I got into business you know, first I went to college uh and got a zero GPA the first semester then kicked out of school because my GPA was so low but then I started working job to job and that didn't work either and so I turned to business and, and I started halfway doing that and for years you know I, I just I've been trying so hard I've been trying everything but at the same time I was still floating through life I was still indecisive I still didn't have any 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 poise you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have that that mamba mentality to strike when the opportunity presented itself. You know, I didn't know who I wanted to be or who I was, and sometimes I still struggle with it. How seriously I want to take my dreams? What do these dreams mean to me? You know, uh, in this point in time, past 2016, I'm in a relationship with my girlfriend, and I'm just living life. I'm just floating day by day, just trying to enjoy, just trying to feel, just trying to, you know, just trying to do something. You know, you, you know, just trying to honestly recapture the feelings of having that gold around my neck for the first time. Trying to rebuild this feeling that I had lost of having these friends and these family and these people around me and 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 having everything that I could have wanted. And every year has been a trial just to get back to that place. Just to get back to a place where, you know, my parents, you know, you know, you know, my parents look at me like, you know. That's my son. And my girlfriend looks at me like, that's my, you know, my boyfriend. And my brothers look at me like, that's my brother. And my friends look at me like, that's my friend. 
and they're proud to say it, and they're proud of what I can do and what we can do and how we change this place. Every year has been a it's been a fight to get back to that feeling. But you fast forward to 2021. You know, you fast forward to 2020 to 2021 rather. You know, because I feel like I took wrestling a lot different. Wrestling, I was hard. Wrestling, I was strong. You know, I've come to find in recent years a little too hard and a little too strong. But comparing that pursuit to this pursuit is worlds apart. I looked up recently in the mirror at myself and I was just disappointed. You know, I just came from the store or wherever the hell I just came from and I was walking up the stairs. Uh, my apartment is a flight of four stairs and I got to the top and I was just huffing and puffing and, and, and sweaty. You know, you know, I was cleaning the room the other day even, just sweeping around, getting itchy, huffing and fat, you know, cat, you know, uh, capillaries opening and, and, and just, just huffing and puffing. Is it? You know, I can't clean the whole entire room in one sweep. Looking at my life, waking up at 3 o'clock p.m., 4 o'clock p.m. every single day. You know, really having whole days go by where I don't work on this thing that I'm dreaming. When it was wrestling, I was hard, but I was too hard. And I work every single day, and my mind would always turn and turn and turn on this dream, and I knew where to go, and I knew what to do. But I walked into the bathroom recently, and I looked into the mirror, and I just looked at myself, and I, and I got, you know, and I saw somebody that was soft. I saw somebody that was weak. You know, I'm looking at myself, and I have you know, a little belly, you know, like, I got a little gut on me, you know, whereas before it was six pack, solid as a rock, you know, lean as all hell, a look in my eye that was sharp and determined, a look in my eye that would, that would kill just for this piece that was my piece, and I looked in the mirror and I, I didn't see any of those things, and it killed me. It's like, who, who am I becoming? I didn't see the light. I didn't see the passion. I didn't see the flame. And so I'm, you know, listening to Jordan Burroughs to try to get it back. And I'm running up and down these staircases every single day and meditating every single day and working every single day. And I was going to do three laps that day, but I said, no. The you back in 2015, he would have did five. He would have did 10. And so from that day, which was literally about two days ago, I've just decided, man, I need to take it up a notch. I need to go harder. When Jordan Burroughs lost in 2016, it was probably the hardest day of his life. I remember feeling so hurt just seeing that happen. And then I remember just having, I didn't, I didn't know what it was. Is this the end of an era? I, I didn't know. In 2016, you know, the thing about the World Championships and the Olympic Games is if you win the Olympic Games, the qualifying tournament that allows you to go to Worlds, like, you know, in order to go to Worlds and be on the World Team and to be on the Olympic Team, you have to wrestle off for the spot. You have to go through a tournament called, called the, uh, the Olympic Team Trials. And so it's a bracket and you have to win. And then you get on the Olympic Team for the weight class that you want at. And so 
if you win the world championship, okay, um, you don't wrestle in that tournament, okay? The winner of that tournament has to wrestle you at the end of the same day in a best two out of three format, okay? And so because Jordan Burroughs didn't win the Olympic Games in 2016 or didn't place this was the first time since the beginning of his career that he actually had to wrestle through this tournament. And this was this, there was this up-and-comer, you know, one of the most legendary wrestlers in college, collegiate history, Kyle Dake, who's won four NCAA championships at four different weight classes. He's the first person to ever do it. Um, in terms of winning four NCAA titles, I think he's the fifth or the sixth person, maybe. I don't really know. There's... there's there's Pat Smith. There's Kale Sanderson. There's Cal Dake. Um, I think there's Logan Steber. So he, I believe he's the fourth person to ever do it. Maybe. But Cal Dake is a beast. Is the point. Um, he had won a... Uh, 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 Kyle had won a world title the year before at a higher weight class. Or this might have actually been before he bumped up. No, yeah, this was definitely before. But uh, Kyle is a beast. Kyle is a world champion at this point in time, you know. And, um, yeah, Kyle is just crazy in a nutshell is basically what I'm saying. And so people were saying that, you know, the years before, Jordan Burroughs, he really barely beat Kaldick. He barely scraped by. Um, well, one of the years before. They they he didn't barely scrape, but they were they were tight matches, okay, because Kaldick's a, a good wrestler. You know, he was it was always a competitive bout. And people were saying that Jordan Burroughs only beat Kaldick because Kaldick had to wrestle an entire tournament before he seen him in the finals. Before he saw him in the in the finals of the world team trials. Before he saw Jordan Burroughs. And so, in 2017, Jordan Burroughs would have to go through this tournament bracket, like everybody else, and wrestle Kyle Dake in a format that people swore he wouldn't win. And so, they wrestle, and they get to the finals of the you know Olympic team trials tournament, and Jordan Burroughs beats him by one. He beats him by one point. And then, they have a separate tournament this year called, I believe it was the Final X Tournament, and it was going to be held in Lincoln, Nebraska, where Jordan Burroughs, I might be mixing my ears up, what the hell am I saying? I believe I don't even know if they had a final X at this point in time. But he beats him by one point. It might be the US Open I'm thinking of actually. Jordan Burroughs wrestles yes, yeah, the US Open. He wrestles in the US Open, beats Kyle Dick by one point. And then because he beat him in the US Open, he has a ticket to the Olympic team trials finals. Kyle Dick wrestles that in tournament tournament, he gets to the end, faces Jordan Burroughs again. He beats Jordan Burroughs. And then it's the best two out of three. So Jordan Burroughs comes back and he beats him on criteria, I believe, or something like that. But then it, it was very tight matches. Then he comes back and he beats him again, like just barely. And so he earns his, his way to the, uh, to the um, not the Olympic team trials, the world team trials. I'm sorry. It's not Olympic years. It's 2017. He, he wins his way to worlds. Okay. And lo and behold, you know, Jordan Burroughs, you know, he fights through this world tournament in 2017. And he faces uh, Sabalov, uh, one of the Russians, in, in, in the last round after really have a dog a dog fight through the entire tournament. And he ends up winning gold. He, he captures gold again in 2017. Um, 
he, you know, it, it was it was one of the most amazing things I have ever seen in my life. You know, to be down that low and to be down that hurt, be hurt that much, and be so broken into the next year, bounce back and recapture it all, be once again at the top. It was one of the greatest comeback stories I have ever seen. You know, um, and so now is the time. You know, I'm looking at that story and I'm seeing him come back and. I'm looking at who I am, and I think it's time for you and I and, and all of us to be Jordan Burroughs in 2017. It's time for a comeback. It's time to, of course, understand where I'm being too hard and where I have to be soft and, e- and have an easiness about me. But it's time to turn on the flames. It's time to sharpen up. It's time to, it's time to, to really focus in. And make this comeback for once and for all. It's time to break through again. It's been so many years. It's been so much sacrifice and so many low moments and so much moments that I didn't know what was going to happen. You know? It's been such a long journey that led up to me being here in LA for the first year of my life being on the West Coast, 4,000, 3,000 miles from home. With zero income, without a bank account, with a 400 credit score, trying to bootstrap a technology company from scratch with no partners. It's been a long and hurtful journey just to get here. Standing on top of nothing. And just like Jordan Burroughs, man, it's 2017 all over again. It's time to break through. We had a long time where we were lost and didn't know where we were going. We had a long time when I was weak. But I think it's time again just to be you know, to be strong. I think I know where I'm going. And it's one of the reasons why I'm doing this 28-day challenge, which has been hard. You can see from me, it's been hard. It's been exhausting. But for the rest of this challenge, just to take the days and, and, and use them for what they're worth. Really fight for something for once is what this podcast is always all about. I won't let y'all down. I won't let me down. It might not be on 28 days exactly, but we're going to fight every single day from now on to make it happen. It's time to make it happen. With that being said, man, this is Dallas. This is the Grand Design Podcast. I appreciate you for listening. I'll talk to you later. Thanks.